I'm Sam Kiefer. Yeah, you are. And I'm Beck Hill. And this is Enemy in Paris. Whoop, whoop. I am Trey Excite to be here. Should we start the episode with some great Apple ASMR? Sure, absolutely. Hit me. I just did it. <laughs> okay. I didn't hear it because of Zoom's uh, noise suppression. Oh, all right. Let me try again. Well, Zoom's uh, noise suppression is very, very good. I didn't hear anything there. I'm sure when you send me your track, and I'm sure when the episode drops, it'll be nice, crisp, in-the-ear eating. Yeah, everyone loves when a podcast opens with... <laughs> Someone crunching an apple loudly. Yep. In all my years of experience, that's the number one note I get. I get DMs from people saying, please eat on the mic more. <laughs> I bet there are people out there who like that. Real freaks. Those are the type of people that like look at foot porn. Yeah. Hi, Beck. Hey, Sam. How are you? I've, I've been better. I pulled my Achilles tendon, so I've been hobbling around like Ooh. a little old lady. Like in uh, Pet Cemetery. I haven't seen that. You've Oh, you don't know what I'm referencing? Oh, man. No. There's a great old man gets his Achilles tendon cut by a young kid on the stairs moment. Oh. It's super. Oh, it's super graphic and horrific, and it haunts my memories. Oh, my gosh. Well, any new listeners, first of all. I don't know why you're starting at the last episode of the first season. Go back. Go to episode one. Yeah, welcome aboard. But also, we will get to Emily shortly. We've just got some personal business to get out of the way, such as me complaining about my Achilles tendon. Uh-huh. Sam, you've had quite the week. Yes, I was fired. I, like Emily in this episode and like Mindy in this episode, was let go from my job. I'm at the, it goes denial, grief. What are the stages of... Uh, Grief, denial, anger. I'm I'm just past anger. Okay, so coming out the other side. Yes. I was fired in a very unceremonious way after 10 years of uh, podcasting. I'm still dealing with it mentally, still struggling to put it into words. It was so, it was something that I woke up to an email to. Actually, I didn't get any, even get an email. They just added something to my calendar, to my work calendar that said offboarding. And I had to piece together the rest. No one called yeah. me from SiriusXM. No one emailed me. So I am still dealing with that. And yeah. it sucks. It sucks real bad. Like I'm sounding like I'm sort of being all podcastery and professional about it, but it's been real shit. Yeah, it's really, it's a really, really bummer. I love that job. I love Office Ladies. I loved uh, Scam Goddess. I love Comedy Bang Bang. I love, I love that job. But I'm trying to do, I got so many uplifting messages that I could cry right now that were all pointing out. I was really surprised. I got like 500 Instagram messages so far, and everyone has made the point that it's on to better things which is not how my brain works. I'm a natural pessimist. So that is very helpful to hear. So thank you, everyone. And I was like, I was part of a mass layoff, by the way. It, a bunch of people were let go. SiriusXM bought the Smartless podcast for $100 million. And apparently that money had to come out of somewhere. And they cut old employees like myself who had been there a while. Yeah, I should say allegedly, because they have more money than us, Sam. And if they want to sue us for saying this, they can. So allegedly, that's what's happened. Yeah. Well, that's my theory. Yeah. Well, I think the fact that 
you were sound engineering for 10 years and at no point someone was like, hey, we should give this guy his own show. Yeah. Um, you know, that should have happened a lot sooner. Personally, I'm glad it didn't. I'm very excited <laughs> that I managed to twist your arm into doing that. But yes. honestly, someone should have someone should have picked up on that untapped talent much earlier. <laughs> well, thank you. So now on to bargaining. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what's next. So on to bargaining, I am also accepting that we have done one full season of Enemy in Paris. We Today we are completing season one. We have been through 10 episodes together if you've been with us from the start. And if you have been with us from the start, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you've watched 10 episodes of Emily in Paris. That's so brutal. And I'm so sorry we did that to you. Yeah, I'm so touched by the amount of people who have gotten in touch to say that they've started watching the show because of this. Yeah, I hope we drive up their viewership. Yeah, I mean, if Netflix knew what they were doing, they would contact us immediately and be like, mm -hmm. here's a here's a great deal. Yep. Anyone listening Ugh. from Netflix? <laughs> you with your broken Achilles tendon and me with a broken heart. You ready to dive in? Oh, Sam, breaking my heart saying that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we open the season finale, Cancel Couture is a play on cancel culture which is terrible look i'm gonna give them this that's a good title i would have taken oh, the day off if i'd written that title i would have written it and i would have gone well that makes up for all the terrible writing i've done before <laughs> this we open with them eating outside cafe du stations it's in the 16th arrondissement and that's not their normal spot no i'm not sure why they've chosen that one i guess maybe it was just for better seating yeah maybe it's in the cooler fashionable part of town well, that would track because it's insanely crowded due to Fashion Week. Emily's having issues with Pierre Cadeau, who won't show his work to anyone for this year's fashion show. Yeah, and Mindy's been offered a job emceeing a drag club. Yes, two nights a week. Yes. The one that she sang Sear at once. Yes. Yeah, she did such a good job. They offered her a job. This show is unreasonable in its expectations of how life works. Yeah, as someone who moved to another country and then worked their ass off doing clubs sure not cabaret or drag clubs but you know there's a lot of crossover the idea of doing one gig and then being offered two nights a week emceeing in a proper club is just ridiculous mindy says she needs time off but the duponts which is the name of the family she nannies for that we learn will not give her the night off she can't tell them they're so conservative so we learn that this family that she's been nannying for is very conservative and homophobic, we assume, and would have a problem with her working at a drag club. Yeah. And then uh, Mathieu asks Emily to meet him by La Pause, which is a restaurant on the Seine. And she mm -hmm. hopes it's some good news about Cadeau. Yes. So she just gets up and leaves. Uh, there's this <laughs> great poorly written moment where she gets up and leaves and someone else just sits down at her seat. And Mindy has to go, hey, I'm still eating. It's very over the top. It's very the opposite of show, don't tell. Where they're just yeah. telling us that, yeah, we get it. It's very, very busy. Yeah, yeah. They were just falling short of Mindy going, it's very busy here. <laughs> yes, exactly. And looking into the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Machu picks up Emily in a vintage boat. Emily takes some, even for her, exceptionally basic-ass Instagram stories and pictures. It's really, really basic bitch stuff for her. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. First of all, did you spot her jacket that she's wearing, the coat that she's wearing in this scene? No, I didn't clock that, no. It's covered in pictures of shoes. Sure. Like, sure. It, feel, it, it looks like a design that is made of clip art 
It's okay. So, like Clippy made it. Yeah. It looks yeah. like he's like comes out and he's like, so it looks like you're making a jacket. Yeah, exactly. In fact, I'm gonna send you a photo. I'll put this up on socials Please as well. Do. I'll share it in the stories. Oh god, it's so hideous and so ill-fitting too. It's gross. It's so gross. And what's um, she wearing? What's she wearing underneath it? It's some sort of only collar with the chest exposed shirt. Oh yeah, there was I not that long ago there was a real fashion in uh like a detachable collar, like one that you sort of Ugh. almost wear, like a, a necklace type thing. I'm not against Ew. it. I'll be honest. I would say probably some of our listeners have worn one. Boo. Do whoever you are. Oh, you're horrible, Sam. You're allowed to be grumpy this week. You've yeah, earned I it. I am. I'm in such a shit mood because of life. Hopefully it comes across on the pod. Yeah. You know what makes you feel better? Watching Emily in Paris. Yes. This dude, I got to say, watching this episode in the mental space I was in, I kept pausing it to get up and just walk around my apartment with my fists clenched. Well, at least you're going to be super buff by the end yeah. of all of this. Yeah. Just from all of the muscle tensing you're doing. <laughs> when they take the photos as well, it's like she's got 25,000 followers now, just over 25,000 mm -hmm. followers. She's still not got as many followers as you or I. I feel like sure. they're already starting to move away from Emily the Influencer as a vibe. They're starting to realize sure. that just her life is more interesting rather than mm. she's an influencer. I don't know. I think they'll bring that back. Have you seen the photo? You know the photo she takes, though? Yes, this exceptionally generic photo of a building over a bridge. It's out of focus. Of all the things. To I yeah. don't understand why they did that. It's like that I moment where she's on the bridge and she's like, Paris is so beautiful. And like the Eiffel Tower's behind her. And it comes to like her, a garbage then, truck behind well, her, like a garbage The like view's like boat. just a ferry going under the bridge. Yeah, with, that's like, what it people. is, Like it's so unexciting. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I, again, I took a photo of that. I'll stick it on socials so everyone can just enjoy the view from under a bridge. Here's the thing. The boat that he picks her up on, this vintage 1950s wooden uh, single craft boat, is gorgeous. Take pictures mm. of the boat. Yeah, yeah. Of all the things. Absolutely. I agree. They also feed baguettes to the seagulls. Yeah. And then fly American and French flags, which yes. he brought, I guess. He was yes. like, I guess this is yep. cute. He already had that on the boat from the last woman he brought out, the last American woman he seduced. <laughs> yeah, why does he have those flags? He had to I go and like get props. Who takes props yep. to a date? Yeah, Machu Kado does. So we cut yep. to them walking along the canal. Machu says Pierre is still reeling from the gray space incident, and Pierre won't show Machu the new collection, despite the show being three days away. Yeah. Emily teases Machu and says, is this his move to pick up girls? And he says, no, I'll show you my move to pick up girls. And he brings her to his apartment, which is up high with an insane view. And they start to make out. And Emily is receptive to it this time. Yeah. Do you have a go-to move to impress people, Sam? No, I don't. I'm so You don't have like a, a, no. a, a one th trick to pull out your bag? What it is is we get in my car. I plan a trip and I go, uh, what should we listen to? And then I play this podcast and I go, I'm so embarrassed, but I don't stop it. I just go, I can't <laughs> believe this is playing. Oh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're listening to this right now in the future, um, hey, you're a very lucky person. And if you're listening to this on a first date, definitely sleep with the person who played this for you because they are insane. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Their makeout is interrupted by Pierre calling, saying he wants to cancel his Fashion Week show. Michu has to leave, and he just leaves her ha- at his apartment. Now, has anyone ever done that to you after going home with someone? It's so weird to trust a stranger like that. Yeah, no, that struck me as well. I found that really weird. I've like mm-hmm. I've not had it. I haven't had like I haven't really had a dating life as such. I mean, I've been with Gav since I was 21, so I've not really had to worry about that in a dating sense. Mm -hmm. I think maybe once or twice I've been with someone, like a a new friend or someone to do with work or whatever. I feel like in my entire life, like twice I may have been left in a house or a Mm -hmm. flat and I felt very uncomfortable about them having yes. to run off or being like, no, 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 just take your time or whatever. I find yeah. that very like, oh, it's fine. I'll just run out. As a 39-year-old male with an active dating life, uh, I have been left in so many apartments the next morning where someone goes, really? All right, I'm going to go to work. And I go, do you just trust that I'm not going to rob you? It's so weird every time. Because you have so many things you've stolen. Yeah, that's just it. They don't know that I'm a professional <laughs> thief. Where did, you, where did they think you got your circular saw from? That's right. Oh, before we jump to the next scene as well. I've got an issue with Matthew. I realized what it is. Well, the actor who plays Matthew. Okay. Never changes his tone. No, he has one face. Yeah, and one voice. Like, it doesn't matter what he's talking yep. about. It's always the same. Like, he could be saying, I love you, and it would be the exact same way that he would ask where the nearest toilet is. Like, he he has no... That's interesting. That's, that's what the example your brain went to. Mine went to, that would be the tone he would use telling George Bush that the second tower had been hit. <laughs> But asking somewhere the bathroom is is much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have a guess at who works in children's TV and who yeah. doesn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. His cadence, though, it's it's like David Bowie in Labyrinth. Like it's all the same sort of like dramatic reading uh-huh. of a thing. That's what his voice is in every scene. Maybe he gets it from Pierre Cano. <laughs> it's also very flirty. He can only flirt. He can only emote flirtiness. Yeah, that's true. So we cut to the office. Emily's in this giant heinous hat. Again, whoever the hat person is in this show, I want I want them on this podcast. You know who the hat person is? It's Patricia Field. That's right. Patricia Field who gave Emily her own phone case. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. She's obsessed with hats and I hate her for it. And I say this is someone who suits hats. I can wear any hat, but I won't. But here's the thing. But you you wear hats that fit the size of your head. You don't just go pick up a Charlie Brown size hat and throw it on and go, this looks great. You're aware of depth and depth perception and size. I think she looks like a retired cab driver who now lives in Florida. Yep. That's a very good parallel. Like with that jacket and the outfit and the outfit (laughs) underneath, like everything together. I was like, you are being swallowed by this. You've accidentally picked up an elderly Jewish man's dry cleaning. Mm-hmm. Antoine wants to talk to Sylvie alone, but Luke wants to start the meeting with Mason Laveau. So Luke scolds Emily for being on the phone during the meeting. Julian interrupts the meeting and says he just read online that Pierre is canceling his fashion show. And Emily says, really? Last night, Matt said I- he could talk him out of it. And Sylvie's like, I'm sorry, what? Matt? So now she can hear the person that's speaking across from her and is super mad that Emily knew about this and didn't tell her. And Emily's been spending time with Machu. Yes. And while we're briefly mentioning Antoine, I've got a little fact that I can't believe I didn't find out earlier. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, hit me. The actor who plays Antoine Mm -hmm. was in Gossip Girl. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He plays Blair's dad's French partner. Okay. Now I'm like, okay, this is interesting why they keep mentioning Gossip Girl in the show. 
I've never seen Gossip Girl. I know of it. I know that here's the thing. It's one of those where I know the twist. I know who the Gossip Girl is, but I've oh, just never seen it. I've never seen it either. But you know who has okay. seen it? Probably Darren Pierre Star. Cadeau. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Pierre Cadeau. Yeah. Clearly, people uh, writing this show fucking have a hard on for Antoine and Gossip Girl. Yes. They are being so rude in this scene. Like Julian's looking mm-hmm. at his phone. Emily's looking at her phone. Texting. Yeah, Luke, for once, Luke is trying to do something work-related that yeah. isn't vagina-related. And exactly. everyone just steamrolls him, which is what he gets, by the way. You can't just all of a sudden be a professional after years of being a sexual pervert <laughs> and expect everyone to listen to you. This is what he gets. Sam, this sounds like some advice you should give to yourself. <laughs> I'm not a sexual deviant. <laughs> we did realize last week that you are, Luke. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> Sylvie grabs Emily's phone when Machu calls, and Machu says that Pierre just screamed Ringard at each piece. Sylvie blames Emily for the entire thing, saying that Emily got Pierre to donate a dress, which Grace Space destroyed, which destroyed Pierre's confidence, so he's not showing at Fashion Week for the first time in three decades, and then she slept with Machu, which Emily points out isn't actually correct. So which, by the way, is incredibly hypocritical on Sylvie's part, since she's sleeping with Antoine, and everyone has told Emily to bone Machu. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then Sylvie says that having a fashion designer with no show is almost as useless as an American who doesn't speak French at a Parisian marketing firm. Yes, exactly. Well done for pointing out the huge fucking hole of the premise of the show, Sylvie. Like the whole Mm -hmm. thing that's been bugging us about this show. She's like nailed it and undone everything. And then unceremoniously fires Emily. Emily Mm. Cooper has been fired for her actions. There's consequences on the show for once. My heart raced when this happened. Emily's response, it looks like it's sinking in, too. Like, it looks like Emily's understanding consequences, like how a child would. You can see her brain understanding, I did this, and it caused this for a second. It's incredible to see. It is, but I also, it frustrates me because I think it's not correct. I actually think for once that Emily shouldn't be being punished in this situation because it's not her fault that Pierre Cato cancelled his show. Sylvie was being incredibly hypocritical, having a go about the Mathieu thing when she's got a whole Antoine mm. thing going. It's the one situation where Emily should be like, no, that's not right. You're not being fair. Like, Sylvie's had many... Here's the thing. I disagree. Why do you think Emily should have been fired in this instance? Because she did set all that in motion. She did... She was the one that got Pierre in the room with gray space. She didn't screen gray space. She didn't look into them beforehand. She just set it all in motion. Mm, no, I, I disagree. I don't think she should. I, there was any way of her knowing what was going to happen. Emily's a bad person. All right. <laughs> oh, look, I'm not saying she's not. I'm just saying in this instance, I think the reason yeah. Sylvie gives for firing her are incorrect. However, <laughs> Sylvie should have fired her episodes ago when she lost a model and a 2 million euro watch. That's right. There were so many reasons to fire her then. There's been so many reasons to fire her before that. Yes. I'm so confused that this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. I don't think it's fair. I actually think that they kind of make it so that it's not fair, so that we are meant to root for Emily and want her to stay. Well, it didn't work. (laughs) So Julian and Luke come up to her and they ask her what's wrong. Emily explains she's been fired and they both explain that it takes forever to get fired in France. They tell her to just come by the office and push papers around twice a week and avoid Sylvie until it all blows over. I don't know if this is true. 
I Googled, is it hard to get fired in France and got conflicting reports. People saying in the past it was, but now it's less hard. It's easier to get fired. Uh, but I guess there was, I guess there was a time when it was complicated to fire somebody in France. Yeah. Although Emily seems to relax very quickly after this. And yeah. I don't know about you, I would still be stressing. Oh, yeah. If someone said to you, after everything that's been happening in Sirius XM, oh, don't worry, you're, <laughs> that's, it's actually not, you're not really, just keep showing up, don't make eye contact, you'll be fine. Yeah, I would be like, I'm not doing that. By the way, also, Emily and Luke and Julian are just best friends now. Like, so far, it's been contentious at best. Yeah. But now they're all just best friends with her. It's very weird. Yeah, she says to them, thank you. I wouldn't have lasted a week at Savoir without you. No, what? They were horrible to you. No. They, you, yes, yeah. You were miserable. They called you Le Plouque. Yeah. I feel like it's all been put in there just so they could end on that nice little comedic moment where they're like, we'll never desert you. Never. And then, you know, cue Sylvie walking in and them scampering away, like, yeah, yeah, For yeah. a bit of comedic effect. Mm -hmm. So when Emily walks home, she walks in on Gabriel and Camille having a fight. Camille <gasps> explains that G Gabriel <sighs> is moving to Normandy next week because he found a restaurant he can afford. Yeah, can we pause for a moment to just take in the clothing choices in this scene? Uh-huh. Is Camille trying to hide a hickey? Yeah, she looks like she's in Bridgerton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but she's playing one of the male roles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then Emily's hat in this. I had to, like, post about it on stories. It's so ridiculous. This is the second absurd hat that she's got for the episode, which is not going to be the last one. No, that number one. What? Yep. And here's the thing. It feels like, you know how when you're at a job and you're given a budget of $10,000 for something, you know, if you don't use the $10,000 next year, they won't give you $10,000. Yes. Yeah. You have to use the entire budget. Mm -hmm. It feels like this last episode, the hat person, Patricia, <laughs> woke up and she was like, oh, shit, I have 17 hats left <laughs> and had to use them all in this episode. Or they won't give me any hats next series. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do think it's interesting because Lily Collins plays this scene for lols. You know, when Camille's talking to Emily about Gabrielle leaving and Emily's really surprised and then trying to act like she's not surprised and not her. Yeah. And, but it's a really, like, comedic way of playing it. Whereas Camille, mm -hmm. who's played by an actress called Camille, she absolutely acts her heart out. Like, she is mm -hmm. tearing up. She is emotional. She is. Yeah, her boyfriend just is leaving her and she's devastated. Yeah, she plays it really well and seriously and very, mm -hmm. very good. It's a very strange thing to have those two with such different acting styles in one scene. Yep. Camille's very upset and says she's going to go to her parents' house and she hugs Emily and says, Thank you. You're such a good friend. Unaware of what a giant hussy Emily actually is behind her back. I mean, she's kissed her boyfriend twice and the first time twice. she didn't know. So she's kissed him once while knowing. Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not defending it, but a hussy that doth not make a bad friend, sure. I'm factoring in what we're going to learn about Emily into my assessment. Well, fair. So we cut to the next day at Gabriel's. Emily is over while he's packing up his apartment. Emily says she'll miss Gabriel living downstairs and misses his omelets. Just cute little flirting scene. Oh, yeah. Although we didn't see any scenes where he makes her omelets more than once. Was he making nope. her omelets like on the reg and we didn't know? This is another one of those writers of Emily in Paris moments where this is just information that we're given. 
We're being <laughs> gaslit by the writers. Like, yeah, you guys knew about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they have omelets every, every morning. Yeah, stupid. You knew. <laughs> so we get to the office where Emily walks in, immediately bumps into Sylvie, who asks what she's doing there, which is appropriate. Emily says she still has paperwork to do. Luke steps up and says he needs to talk to Sylvie about Maison Laveau. He's got a very funny line where he says, me and Antoine, you know how it is when you put two alpha males together. Someone's going to get killed. And then suggests Emily take the account for the time being. And this is the first non-Luke being a sexual pervert moment. This is the first time we're on the season finale and they've (laughs) given Luke an actual human being characteristic. Yeah, I think maybe this is the point that they realize that he's actually a a very good comedic actor and doesn't necessarily... We've already got Mindy and Camille's dad... And mm-hmm. like, we've already got a ton of train nasty characters. Cadeau. Yeah. 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 Uh, now, my question for you is, do you think Sylvie knows what's going on? After my fifth time watching this, I think she does. She looks at Julian and Luke with a slight coy smile that indicates that she knows what she, she's doing. Like, she doesn't really want to fire Emily because if she did, she would have just said no to Emily taking the account. But Instead, she goes, all right, you can do it for the time being. Just stay out of my way. Yeah, I do think, I feel like maybe Sylvie appreciates that Emily has assimilated somewhat because she's cottoning on to this being a weird French thing, apparently. What I don't get is why Sylvie lets Emily have the account when she was quite jealous of Emily and Antoine at the very beginning. Suddenly she's fine with Emily looking after the account even while she's angry with her? Maybe Antoine going to St. Bart's without her has put a wedge between the two and she doesn't care about him as much anymore. Yeah, maybe she's like, he's your problem now. Yeah, I guess. Hmm. So later, Emily's at her desk. Julian walks in and hands Emily a letter that has come for her that he's already opened, that Grayspace has taken over Pierre's old venue. They sent an invite to Pierre as well. And Pierre wants Emily to come over immediately. And Emily has another giant awful hat. Oh my gosh. She's she's dressed like Penelope Pitstop. I don't know what that is. Uh, wacky Races? No. I think it was a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Oh, yes, yes, yes. With the big dog. Yeah. With the goggles. With the... <laughs> that, yeah. I, I was yes, trying to yes, do yes. the wheezy laugh. Mutley. His name's Mutley. His name's Mutley. Yeah. Why do I go. know that? But not, yeah, of course I know Mutley. Yeah. You don't know Penelope Pitstop because he's sexist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they arrive at Pierre Cadeau's where he says he's been sleepwalking too long and has awoken and rips off the cover to reveal a dress he's designed. We don't see the dress yet, but he says that it's Emily inspired. So we're led to assume it's something Ringard. Yes. Yeah. And Emily clearly loves it. Sylvie seems unsure. She's quite shocked. Yes. Pierre says that he'll make a dozen dresses, but everyone reminds him that he no longer has a space for his fashion show, that he forfeited it and now Grayspace has it. Emily says she has an idea, but later when Sylvie presses her on it, after the meeting, Emily admits she doesn't actually have an idea yet. Yeah. It's just something she said, which is a very Emily Cooper way. Yeah. And um, this scene ends with Pierre just going, everyone out! <laughs> yes, again, I love he's this so actor. Extra. Yeah. Yeah, I love him. He's my highlight of this entire show. I, I love him more than mm-hmm. Luke, actually. Oh, good. That's because Luke's a sexual deviant. No one should like Luke. I don't know. I'm warming to him. Yeah, you are. Later, we're on a bridge. Sylvie says no designer will ever want to work with Savoir after this. And Emily says they need to look at it from a different perspective. Yeah, and this bridge, actually, is the Passerelle Leopold Sedar Senghor. Mm -hmm. It's a pedestrian bridge. 
And uh, okay. it's one of the many bridges where people started to put love locks on them. Oh, yeah. Aren't those starting to like weigh the bridges down and they have to cut them off? Yeah, so I should explain that a love lock is just a little padlock where two people write their names or initials on there and then they, they lock it onto the bridge and they throw the key into the river. Yes. And in 2010, the city of Paris expressed concern over the growing number of love locks on the Pont des Arts, uh, the Passerelle Leopold Sédar Sagot, and the Pont de... Le, oh, this is going to be a tricky one. La, you got this. Lacavèche? Lacavèche? Uh-huh. Mm. Sorry. Sorry, French teacher Michelle. Uh, anyway, on those three bridges... They express concern mm-hmm. about it, stating they raise problems for the preservation of our architectural heritage. Mm-hmm. So the love locks of the Pont des Arts disappeared during the night of 11th of May 2010. They were removed by a student of like a nearby arts school to make a sculpture. Really? Yep. And then the love locks started appearing on one of the other bridges. They've since spread to at least 11 Seine bridges. Okay. The Canal St. Martin footbridges and to parks and monuments all over the city. Huh. Now, many most tourists think that it's a long-standing Paris- Parisian tradition. No, it screams American to me. Something that tacky. Well, there's theories that it might actually come from Italy and and there's been reports of it coming from Asia as well quite early on. Hmm. Yeah, I think in like 2006 there was an Italian film where there was like a love scene. Mm-hmm. The two lovers did this on a bridge. And then that's when Love Lock started sort of appearing on this bridge. But it's not like oh. a major tourist place. So okay. it wasn't like massive, but then it started to spread. Um, so, yeah, that's one theory sure. is that it, it came from there. Okay. But weirdly, in 2014, there was a campaign and petition called No Love Locks. It was founded okay. by two Americans living in Paris in an effort really? to save the city's historic bridges and monuments from the overwhelming number of locks. Shut up, nerds. Shut yeah, up. Yeah. Uh, I know some Americans, they jumped in to be like, hey, we should stop this. Yeah, so, I don't like that. I don't like that the Americans did that. <laughs> Shut up. Stay stay out of this, nerds. <laughs> stay in your lane. Yeah, exactly. Order a baguette, wear a beret, like a good American living. Choose your fight, Sam. You either hate Emily for the way she does things or you hate Americans for like assimilating and being good citizens. I hate everyone today. I'm in such a foul mood. No, that's fair. Well... In 2014, the weight of the padlocks on the Pont d'Art bridge uh, caused part of the parapet to collapse, See? and that was when uh, the city, like, was like, "Yeah, no, nah, we have to actively stop people from doing this." So, long story short, please don't put padlocks on stuff, guys. If you want something that's going to last forever, have a baby. <laughs> no, people die. <laughs> If you want something that's going to last forever, just like write your name on whatever plastic crap you're chucking into the bin that's going to be in the sea for a million years. I was going to say, yeah, before you throw it directly in the ocean, put your name and address on it in the future. There you go. There's a way to leave a legacy. So we cut to later that night. Emily's working and Mindy just shows up with all her possessions. Mindy said she took Emily's advice and took the new job. And that she would make time for the new job and the nanny place fired her. Mindy says she was easily fired because she overstayed her visa illegally. And Emily offers that she can stay with her, which was Mindy's idea in the first place. Now, this is one of those supposed to be cute moments that when you think about it is really, really shitty. It's not cute. 
no. to show up at your friend's house with all your possessions, assuming you can stay there. That's a really toxic friend move. Yeah, absolutely. I made a similar note. I was like, wait, what? You? I would never just rock up and assume I, I could stay somewhere. I mean, I appreciate that's maybe the closest thing the two have to family, but my goodness. But she just but she just comes over under the assumption. Yeah, it's yeah. not just that though. It's the fact that Emily just allows it. Like at no point mm-hmm. is Emily like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm actually in the middle of a lot of stuff right now. I've just been yep. fired. I've got to fix this thing with this fashion designer. This guy that I really like but has a girlfriend and I'm very confused is now leaving. There's a lot going on in my life. It's not a good time to have someone just crashing in my flat. But Emily Cooper will do anything to be liked. Yeah. So Gabriel stops by with his omelet pan as a going away gift for Emily and invites her to the restaurant the next day as it's his last. Gabriel skirts his answer to Emily asking about Camille. He says, well, she's not coming with me, so I guess we're both going our own separate ways. He doesn't directly say we've broken up. Emily says we call that a breakup in America, and he says, yeah, we call it that here too. But this leads me to believe that he hasn't had a conversation with Camille about this. No, he's not broken up with her yet, and he's conveniently skirting around that. Exactly. Okay, good. I'm glad you clocked that too. Yeah. We cut to the gray space event. There's a huge line outside with people taking photos and wanting to see the designers entering the building. Yeah, this is filmed at La Monnaie de Paris, which translates as Mm -hmm. the money of Paris. So it's essentially the National Mint. It was created in the year 864. 864? 864. It's the oldest French institution and also one of the oldest companies in the world still in activity. Well, that's weird considering the universe is only 2,000 years old, as the Bible tells me. Well, actually, no, it has to be older than that because Jesus wasn't born immediately. But I see where you're coming from. Pierre Cadeau arrives. And when he's asked if he's there to see Grayspace, he says, no, you're here to see Pierre Cadeau. And the delivery is so perfect. I love this actor so much. Yeah, he's so good. This scene, I watched this episode maybe four or five times, and Uh I would say four out of five of those times, I cried. You what? I cried. It made me really emotional every time. I I love Uh him. I love his little face. I love the little dance he does when he's so proud of himself and everyone's walking down. I think it's really well shot. So then a garbage truck with speakers drives up and the models get out using that walkway entrance as a runway. So they just pull up. There's music blaring from the garbage truck. Everyone turns and gives their attention. The dresses are all anti-fashion. They say things like, I am tacky, Pierre who, and Ringard on them. And it ends with the gray space guys staring at Pierre with big hurt eyes and Pierre scolding them. He does this little dance where he points at them and then he wags his finger at them. It's very cute. It's so cute. And I love the gray space guys are like, what? Like it's, it's, it's adorable. I loved this scene. I mean, we Mm -hmm. don't get to see what happens afterwards. That's it. Like we don't know what the, we, we don't, I guess they just then go ahead and do their fashion show Inside, I guess who knows? They cut to Gabrielle's restaurant where the team is eating there after the show. Yeah, Pierre's the toast of the town. All the news reports are saying, like, the old guard is back, the new guard is Ringard. Um, Gabrielle says they've never been so busy, and Emily says she's tagged the restaurant on Pierre's stories. So that's why it's so busy. That's so, so irresponsible. Like, you're with a very high-profile client, and you get that client to... to put on their stories where their location is. 
Yep. And Gab- and she also knows that it's Gabriel's last night at the restaurant. Right. So he's certainly not stocked up with food or looking to be busy. Yeah, yeah. Let's make his last night the most stressful night of, of all. Yeah, exactly. And she apologizes. She very cutely in her Emily way goes, sorry for the avalanche. And Gabrielle just laughs instead of being like, yeah, this is fucked up. I want to talk to you about this later. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Antoine shows up with his wife. Sylvie makes a comment about Antoine being full of promises in front of his wife who doesn't acknowledge it. I'm honestly so sick of pointing these moments out. I'm so sick of this trope in the show where someone says something in front of another person Mm. and that person somehow doesn't hear them. I don't know if I can do this for three more seasons. I'm hoping (laughs) they get new writers by the next episode, the season two opener. I can't keep going like this. (laughs) Yeah, then um, Sylvie leaves. Catherine... Antoine's wife sits down with Emily and basically says she feels better knowing that Emily is looking after Antoine's account instead of Sylvie's. Emily says professionally, and then Catherine says whatever you want to call it, and then says I approve, which I think is her saying like... That means she knows Antoine was his mistress. It means she's known this entire time and is now... Sylvie was Antoine's... Yes. Yeah, but... But the fact that then she says, whatever you want to call it, and then I approve. Mm-hmm. You know what? I've realized. Because, I mean, what's the rule of this show? You either it's hate Emily meme. or oh, you're you want to fuck bang her. her. I think Catherine yeah. wants to fuck her. You really? That's the energy you got from That's that? That's the energy I'm getting from this. All right. I like that. <laughs> I just got the impression that it, it was a dead giveaway that Catherine knows about Antoine having mistresses. Yeah, I mean, that as well. But I think she's she's saying that she's also happy for Emily to be his mistress. Yes. So we cut to after dinner with Machu talking to Emily. He invites her to St. Tropez. She accepts. Antoine talks to Gabriel, who explains that Camille offered him the money. Antoine says he understands why Gabriel didn't take it. Gabriel looks at Emily flirting with Machu and says he doesn't think there's anything left in Paris for him anyway. So at what point did Gabriel openly become in love with Emily? Oh, I mean... Ages ago, when he kept... He's always been territorial of her, but Mm. this is like the first time that it's like, oh, he's in love with her, by the way. Oh, that's an interesting point. Yeah, you're right. I think as viewers, we're supposed to see the territorialness as love, but that is toxic, and you're right. It's not love. I'm not sure why they were able to try and swing it into this... Him realizing he's actually really into her. And then because he can't have her, he's going to leave Paris? Well, no, he was going to leave Paris anyway. I don't think he was doing that. But he says there's nothing for him in Paris anyway, implying she's with someone else, so there's no point in him sticking around. You're right. Yeah, there is a little bit of that. It's very Mm -hmm. mixed messages from the writers, I suppose. Exactly. There's another example, yet another example, of people not being able to see what's happening in front of them. But when Uh Emily and Gabrielle are kind of saying goodbye and Matthew's about to leave, Gabrielle is about to burst into tears. Like, again, Lucas Bravo, the actor here, is doing a phenomenal job of looking like he's going through something He's feeling a lot of feelings. He's not fully understanding what's going on, what he's going to have to let go of, etc. And Matthew does not pick up on this whatsoever. The guy is practically nope. bawling in front of him. And at no point is Matthew like, are you okay? Do you need a hug? And they're both so awkward with each other yeah. when they're saying goodbye. If I was Matthew, I'd be like, I'm going to step outside. I'm going to give you guys a moment. But he's just like, how you doing? Like a golden retriever. He's just yes. like, hi, how you doing? Yeah. I'm happy to be here. He can't see emotions. Mm-hmm. I do love Emily's coat 
in this scene, she's wearing a proper winter coat. Yep. It's the first time we've seen her wearing something probably weather appropriate. Yep. And I love it. I want it. It looks comfy and warm. Yes. Then there's a dramatic shot of Emily drinking wine in her apartment while heartfelt breakup music plays. She walks out on her balcony. She spreads the windows and is standing there with her wine. Yeah, when she's on the when she's on that balcony looking down at him, she looks like a wealthy widow who just killed her ex-husband. Yep. Like yes. she's got a real sort of who's my next victim kind of look on her face. Mm-hmm. And I wish that that was the direction the show was going. Oh, yeah. If this just all of a sudden took a murder turn, oh, that would be the best show that, on the that planet. That would be the best finale. Yeah. Remind me to write a show that's about cars for 10 episodes. And then the the finale, the, there's, a, there's a murder or someone goes to the moon and you're like, what is this show about? <laughs> So she sees Gabriel putting the chairs away and runs down and bangs on the restaurant door. And uh, Gabriel comes around the side of the bar. Yeah, she looks distraught when he doesn't answer the door like she's missed him. Yes. He lives below you, Emily. Yes. Yes. If he's not there, go home. Yeah. Go knock on his door. Until you hear him coming up the stairs. Or wait till the next time you think you live in his apartment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they kiss and they cut to his apartment where they're tearing each other's clothes off. Yeah, they don't show how they get from the restaurant because he's still packing up. So there's going to be an awkward moment where she's waiting for him to lock up because Mm -hmm. someone has to. They can't kiss and then go all the way to his apartment. They have to like kiss, then pause briefly while he still puts away the chairs. So yeah, suddenly cuts to them in the apartment without any of Uh the awkward commuting that happens in between that. Uh, Gabriel Mm -hmm. takes his top off, which is very nice. Quite a few of you listeners got in touch to say how excited you were that we finally get to see Lucas Bravo with his top off, and I'm not complaining. I like that he's not particularly shredded. He's not unfit, though. No, but he's not like like a Justin Hartley on This Is Us or like Mark Wahlberg, where a a minor character takes off their shirt and they're unexpectedly shredded for no reason. Oh, yeah. Like that he does have like a human body. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like when Cheedy on Good Place takes off his, he's walking around shirtless because he's having a bit of a breakdown. And that's when everyone was like, oh my gosh, he's ripped. Like everyone lost their minds. Yeah, Yeah. it's not that. But I'll be honest, I think that, that the ripped thing is, I think... Me- this is my personal take. Men get ripped to show off to other men. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For yeah. sure. That's a given. Yeah, we, we don't need Where it. Where was it implied otherwise? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, women, we don't need it. We don't need it. Gabrielle doesn't need to be ripped. He, he's topless. Mm-hmm. That's all we need. Again, Morgan, our Patreon supporter, pointed out that Emily is wearing calf-high leather gladiator heels that zip up at the back. No worries here because Gabriel, a straight man who has never seen these shoes before today, can just glance at them for a second in the dark and without a second thought or any hesitation at all, unzip them smoothly down the back and throw them on the floor in a matter of seconds. Sexy? Yes. Yes. Realistic? Absolutely the fuck not. (laughs) Yep. It does make me think about, I don't think there's ever been a taking off clothes scenario in the history of sex that hasn't had at least one awkward thing a sock getting caught. Yeah. Or the guy going, sorry, how do I? And the woman going, let me, I got this. I got this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And other scenes that we skip, we skip the obligatory Emily having sex with him with the duvet up to her armpits. We skip that for once. We do. We just cut to them afterwards where she has the duvet up to her armpits. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Emily says she doesn't think they should see each other again. Post come, she remembers Camille exists. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of harsh, isn't it? 
to go yeah. in with that and then to be like, cool, got what I wanted. Um, let's never talk again. Yep. Well, Emily's a frat boy at heart. So that tracks that she would come and then go, oh, that's right. Are you seeing someone? Then yeah. all of the reality rushes back in. <laughs> yeah, it's a real douche move. She the, yeah. Just don't sleep with him, Emily. Either sleep with him and yep. own it or don't. Exactly. Can't be both. So we cut to the next day at the office. Sylvie says she's decided not to file the termination papers, that Emily has potential but lacks polish. Yeah. I like the fact that she leaves it with saying, like, I won't be so easy on you going forward because Sylvie is yes. so harsh on her. Yeah. Again, so harsh on her for, I think, all the wrong reasons because there's totally mm-hmm. legitimate reasons to be harsh on Emily. Exactly. But they're never yep. the ones that she is harsh on her for. But yeah. Yeah, it's that sort of comedic thing of, um, well, you know, I'm going to be harder on you. Yeah. So we cut to Emily walking home. This is her <gasps> third ill-fitting hat of this yes. episode. It's not just the hat, which makes her look like a little um, bagpipe player. <laughs> Like mm-hmm. she looks like she's off to go make a bowl of porridge or something. And I say that as yes. someone married to a Scotsman. So I think it makes it not racist, but she does. Look, yep. It looks like a tea cozy. It looks like the thing that you put on a teapot to stop the tea from going cold. But my other issue with this outfit, Sam, mm-hmm. we both took photos of this scene. I'm going to put it up on socials again. Can you notice the other okay. weird thing in this photo about this outfit? Hold on a minute. Let me pull it up. Is it her weird brooch? No, no, the brooch is big, but it's not the weird thing. Is it when she's wearing two purses? She's got two oh yeah, yeah, she's got two on. purses. Why? On. Just get a bigger handbag, mate. Two? I don't know. God, she's the worst. God, she really does look like a Scottish terrier in this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like a cartoon Scottish dog. Yeah, the little purses. One has her dog treats, and the other one has the poop bags. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Emily stops in front of Gabriel's restaurant where Antoine is sitting out front and he's come by to bat Gabriel on purchasing the restaurant. Oh no, they had sex thinking he was leaving, but he's staying. Cue Emily going to extremely weird in person. I cringe thinking about her future behavior if she's this awkward after a kiss. Well, it's not just a kiss, is it? Well, that's what I mean. If she was that awkward previously just based on them kissing... I can't handle how she's going to behave knowing that they both had sex. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. I've rewatched this show so many times. I still am not looking forward to series two. Nope. And then a song starts to play. This song that reminds me of you. Thank you. I will explain that that's not a harsh indictment, that a song about no, not regretting anything you reminds you of me. Yeah, that was... Um, Probably one of my first big viral videos online was Mm -hmm. uh, I do misheard lyrics to songs. And I did a video of the entire song of Edith Piaf's Non Je Ne Regret Rien, which is the song we end on here and uh, with a flip chart, which I will will share on uh, socials if Instagram doesn't get rid Uh of it because it's using copyrighted music. Yeah. And Camille texts Emily, perfect timing, when just on the spot. So I heard Gabriel's staying in Paris. Can we talk? And then we end the episode on another excellent Emily Cooper facial expression. (laughs) Lily Collins' face acting in the last few episodes has been exquisite. Like I said earlier, it's the exact opposite of show, don't tell. Her face is telling everything. It's the terrible face acting. Oh, I think it's great. And I love it. I love that they end the series on just her being like, Yeah. It perfectly summarizes what this show is and how it makes us feel. I suppose that's very fair. Hold on. I sent you a picture of the final scene. This is the face we end on. (laughs) It's a Mr. Bean level face. Uh, I don't agree it's a Mr. Bean level face. 
but it's a real Yeah, exactly. Like like Scooby Doo being confused about like if there's a ghost on the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. It looks like somebody during filming was like, hey, bitch, from off the corner. And she was like, what? Yes. Like, so, like she's being catcalled outside the thing, but they only had enough film for one take. Yeah, you're right. Maybe it's because she just realized she's wearing two handbags. Yeah. <laughs> and someone was like, what's the deal with the second handbag? And she's like, huh? Yeah. Oh. Hey, two bags, Collins. Yeah. <laughs> and that is how we have wrapped up a f- entire season of Emily in Paris. We have watched <sighs> 10 full episodes together. Ten. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I'm sorry too. to you back. Thank you. I'm sorry to myself. This show got me fired. I can't prove it's related. No. <laughs> yeah, please don't say that. Just re-watching this show is why they let me go. I mean, I like to think that this show will get you through your firing. That's very true. I like to think that this is the fire that forges you. Sam, this is yeah. These are the ashes from which you will come out like the wonderful on a phoenix giant hat. that you are. Oh, okay. It's just me with phoenix wings wearing a giant Scottish hat. Yeah, someone can Photoshop that for us. Yep. So one of the things that'll help heal my broken heart is listener feedback, and I want to start it off this week by saying so many people reached out to let me know that Meryl Streep isn't in the Julia Child TV show. Oh yeah, she's in a movie called Julie and Julia. That's very true. I apologize for confusing the two, but go see Julie and Julia. Meryl Streep is wonderful in it. Oh, yeah. But more importantly, so many of you got in touch to say not only that you love the show or to give us lovely feedback about that, but also to reach out and, you know, say how much you appreciate Sam and that you're relieved that you're still going to get to hear him on this at least. Yeah, that did make me feel very good. Thank you. What else did people say? Yeah, like we heard from M. Hi, M. Who said that they've subscribed to the Patreon. And they promised to stay long enough that it makes it worth the bucket hat money. (laughs) (laughs) And they said they were considering it earlier, but news about Sam and the fact that I'm at my current job for almost 10 years and I can't imagine losing it made me sure I want to support you guys so you can eventually earn enough to not be dependent on some exec in a suit. It's very, very sweet. Thank you. Oh, we heard from Nurse Allie. Hi, Nurse Allie. Who has, Nurse Allie said, besides from being a nurse, I'm also a lactation consultant, which means I help moms breastfeed. Sure. The exact day I finished episode nine of your show, I had a mom with nipple piercings still in after delivering her baby. Uh After I was done with her consult, I asked her if she bought the jewelry as a set or are they sold separately? Yes. She said they come in both. Okay, good. Yeah. So you're wrong. So fuck you. Oh, harsh. (laughs) So it depends on what you want. So Nurse Ali says, it was just ironic. I ran into a nipple situation y'all were just talking about. That's very true. So thanks for that, Nurse Ali. Love that. We heard from Kana. Hi, Kana. Who says, hi, Beck and Sam. I'm catching up on episodes and just wanted to say I work for several wineries in the Napa Valley. Okay. And if any of your travels ever bring you to Northern California, I'd be happy to show you vineyards and set up wine tastings for you. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I mean, neither you or I are drinking currently. Maybe if they have any good non-alcoholic wines, but sure. Excellent. Kana says, you don't even have to sleep with a child to make it happen. (laughs) Yeah, nice. There is a winery next to one I work at that is known for its French eccentricity. See picture of the decor I snapped on a tour there. Sam, I'm going to send this to you now. Please do. Oh, it's heinous. Yeah, could you describe what you can see? It is a mannequin, but it is scantily dressed and posed like a stripper hanging upside down. Yeah, like from a trapeze or something. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, that's creepy as hell. 
Kano says, uh, I think, well, Kano thinks we would both love that place. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah, me too. Kano says, I'm loving the show and appreciate your work so much. Even with a Patreon subscription, it's far cheaper than the therapy I would need to otherwise process my feelings about Emily. <laughs> good, good, good. We also got some voice notes from Rachel. We asked on a previous episode whether a live-in nanny can actually make that much money because Mindy seems to be doing pretty well for herself. And we got these voice notes from Rachel. Great. Looking forward to hearing them. Hey, so I'm driving, so I'm just going to send an audio message. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Sam, you already like my message, but I'm still really sad that they fired you. That That's just awful. I'm like a, a, a genuine loss for words. Um, but I'm listening to February 7th episode, and it's just nice to hear your voice. But anyway, y'all asked about nannies working for rich families. I've been a nanny for this one family for about over three years now. I made 20 an hour back in 2020 with this family, um, and now I've since gone up to about 26. Uh, there was a listing for some Northern Nevada nanny, like rotational nanny. It was a week off, a week on, and you would live there. And that was like $110,000 to like $150,000 a year, which is not what I make. Um, I considered it, but I, I tried to start a family so it wouldn't work. But yeah, to answer your question, uh, some nannies can make a boatload of money depending on the super rich family. But yeah, enjoying Enemy in Paris. Thanks, guys. Huh. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. Maybe you could become a nanny, Sam. Oh, my God. A live-in nanny? Imagine that. <laughs> I would watch that show. I would watch that reality show so hard. Yeah. <laughs> we got one comment that just says, what does it take for Sam to say, hi, Myra, on the podcast? Hi, Myra. That's what it is, Myra. There's your answer. <laughs> Amber. Hi, Amber. Says... Hiya, I'm listening to episode one after having it on my list for weeks. I saw that Sam lost his job, loved him on Office Ladies, so I'm here to support his creative endeavors and staying because I hate it here. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. I want merch that says staying because I hate it here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that should be our show's official tagline, Enemy in Paris. I hate it here. I hate it here. <laughs> it's, it's like instead of those postcards, I wish you were here. It's like, I wish I was there. Like <laughs> I hate it here. Yep. Amber says, so I'm sliding in because I'm an American who lives in France. I've been here for 17 years. I'm a geriatric millennial. And I've been a community manager, communications director, marketing director, and now VP at a gaming company. Wow. I came to your DMs to say, we, I hate her for doing a real job in such a fakey, unrealistic way. I hate her for making Americans look ridiculous. <laughs> I had been here for over a decade and overnight, everybody started calling me Amber in Paris even though I oh, literally God. don't live in Paris. I live closer to Brussels oh, than Paris, and I've been here since Emily mm. was still doing a pee-pee in her culottes. <laughs> anyway, please come back for a visit and do a live show. I'm so there. Well, Amber, if you live near Brussels, oh, okay. I mean, depending on Sam's financial situation, you might be coming out for Brussels Comic Con. I'll be there. We'll make it happen. We'll find a way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, come to Brussels Comic Con and maybe you'll bump into us. Yeah. MM. Hi, MM. Got in touch and just said, wait, is Enemy Beck the same Beck as Lucas the Spider Beck? Am I the first crossover fan of Enemy and Lucas? I don't know if you're the first crossover fan, MM, but yes. Yeah, that is me. I write, uh, well, I wrote on a show called Lucas the Spider. MM has a very young child who they were watching the show with and saw my name pop up on the credits. So, yeah. The chances oh, nice. are, if you're watching an animated preschool show and you see a Beck Hill on the credits, it's probably me. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I think that, you know, my skills as a writer of preschool television gives me the right 
place to critique the writing of this show. Mm-hmm. We heard from Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Hannah says, bonus content idea if you need it. A big rewatch episode. You guys mentioning it on the podcast made me watch it, and I never have before. This movie was so fucked up, but very cute. Would love to hear you two what discuss movie? every cringy moment. Oh, big. Yeah, yes. the film big. Sorry, I misunderstood. I misunderstood the, the phrasing of the sentence. Yes, of the movie big. Okay, yeah, I would love that. I haven't seen it in years. No, me either, actually. I haven't watched it for a while, and I do love it. I didn't remember it being problematic, but that's great if it is. I love when things age poorly. But yeah, that's a great shout. We will do a rewatch of the film Big, and we're going to do one of Ratatouille. Yes. We might be under the influence of gummies because of lax Mm -hmm. LA laws. Yes. (laughs) Let us know if that is something that you would like to hear on Patreon. We'll probably do it anyway, yeah. but whether we record ourselves or not is a is another. <laughs> Finally, we had from Nick. Hi, Nick. Nick said, what are your, Sam and Beck's, thoughts on the Olympics commercial for Emily in Paris? And what do you think of the outfits? Well, Nick, it's a good thing you asked because there is now a reaction video of Sam watching the Olympics ad on the Patreon page. So if you are signed up for Patreon, you'll be able to watch it. Spoiler, did not go well. <laughs> no, no, you were not impressed. So yeah, we've got that on there. We've got some bonus audio content on there. We'll have some more stuff coming up soon. If you sign up for the $10 or more tier, I believe it's the odd tier or higher, before the Mm -hmm. end of this month, that's before the end of February, it's a leap year this year, so you've got to the 29th, then we will send you a limited edition exclusive Enemy in Paris Bonsoir bucket hat. We've already got a photo up on the Instagram page. We've got one on the Patreon page as well. Yeah, they are very comfortable. Sam, you have already got one. There is one waiting for me when I get there. So, yeah, if you'd like to get your hands on your very own Enemy in Paris Bonsoir Bucket Hat, then make sure you sign up for that $10 a month or more tier before the end of February. Not just for you, but also for Sam. (laughs) Well, I was going to say for the for your loved ones too. And oh yeah, sign up the loved ones. Get more people on there. Mm-hmm. Please don't cancel after one or two months. We will end up in debt and we we really can't be doing that right now. Yep. Are you ready for season 2? I'm honestly not. I wish this podcast was wrapping up right now. And that's not just the terrible mood I'm in. I can't do this anymore. I really can't. I'm going to need to take a week off and just meditate and then combat this full force. Do you want to take a week off? No, 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 I don't. (laughs) I just meant I want to spend a week laying face down in my bathtub before I handle Emily again. Oh my gosh, before we finish the episode, Sam, I forgot to tell you something. Yeah? Okay. What's up? So, people who follow us on Instagram at Enemy in Paris may have seen the story. I will also pop this up as a post as well if people want to go back and, and watch it. I thought something that might cheer you up this week, as it's been a really shit week for you, would be to surprise mm-hmm. you with a creme brulee. Yes. <laughs> after watching Pierre Cadeau crack his open. And mm-hmm. I just went for the first place that came up that said it mm-hmm. could deliver a creme brulee to your address, not realizing it was on sure. the other side of Los Angeles. And it yeah. took over an hour to get there. And it cost me $27. <laughs> Good, good, good. I hope it was a severe inconvenience to do that bit. Oh, yeah. And I didn't realize either. I did not realize it was going to cost that much. I kind of, I just saw the price of the food. I forget that you guys add on all the taxes and fees and everything afterwards. And it wasn't until I Mm -hmm. like put the order through that I was like, $27. Oh my gosh. 
And so I, yep. but I was like, do you know what? It's worth it if it makes Sam smile. And I told you that when it arrived, it I was did. like, I hope you enjoy it. That is a $27 creme brulee. Guess what? Mm-hmm. What? It doesn't end there because the last time I used Uber Eats, I used it to order lunch for Matt Parker, the host of the other podcast that I do. Did you charge Matt Parker for this? I charged Matt Parker for this. So Matt Parker got a bill for $27 creme brulee. Good, good, so good, good. Now I'm now I'm charging my other podcast host to send treats to the new podcast host, like as if it wasn't going to make him jealous enough already. Yeah, you have a we have a very Gabriel Camille Emily love triangle going here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's why I've been so defensive of her. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I'm the Gabriel here. Oh, damn. No, this is backfired yeah. terribly. But yeah, so I haven't told him why. I I pointed out to him that I had noticed that that mistake had happened. I haven't explained it all to him yet. All he knows is yeah, that I sent you a $27 creme brulee. Don't make him think this is something I require you to do. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be like, I've never asked you to send me anything back. What is this Sam doing? Yeah. But I do. I wanted to point it out because... I did it just as a fun little thing between us. And then you sent back the funniest video of you dramatically cracking the top of it like Pierre Cadeau. And it got the most positive feedback any of our stories have ever received. (laughs) People loved it. I loved it. It made my day. I know you've had a whole shit time overall, but you've made a lot of our times just by being your lovely self. So thank you. Well, thank you. And I want to thank everybody. Sorry I was in such a foul mood this episode. I uh, don't feel particularly funny. But thank you for reaching out and all the kind words. It really, really does mean a lot to me. It really helped a lot. I'm hoping you listen back to this as you're editing and you realize that even when you're in a foul mood, you're still very funny. No, okay. Arguably funnier. If anything, we should fire you every week. (laughs) Good. Fire me from this podcast, please. Yeah. I can't keep doing (laughs) this. No, I'm going to make you do it all constantly (laughs) well i will see you next week god help us for season two episode one voulez-vous coucher avec moi yeah that looks about right to me but that's from the song the lady marmalade yes the song lyrics to lady marmalade are voulez-vous coucher avec moi oh this is the same word is the same thing yeah you're right sorry so hopefully I've done Christina Aguilera proud. Oh, yeah. You sounded exactly like her just then. God, that's so good when she comes in in that part. She's just oh, her super high voice. Yeah. I love her around I here. now want to edit you into that song. I will. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? I'll edit me in. Please do. And then put it, put it on instead of our normal exit music. I will. You'll start to hear it in 10 seconds. So uh, I'll see you next week, Beck. I'll see you next week. Sam, I'm very excited that I get to. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. Um, Because you are one of the hosts and you edit this show. (laughs) And I appreciate you for hosting and producing. Yeah. We also appreciate Rachel. Special shout out to you. Mm -hmm. We also appreciate Frankie Lowe for doing our theme song. And most of all, we appreciate all of you. Our lovely listeners. You bucket hats. I can't believe anyone listens to this show. Not because of the job we're doing, but just because of the content. I can't believe there's enough anger out there and enough self-hatred, enough self-loathing in people that they're watching this. Everyone go to therapy. I would say their love for you outweighs that, Sam. That's what our highest Patreon tier is going to be. You meet with a therapist each week. (laughs) We we supply them with a therapist. Yeah. Don't say that. I don't want people expecting that. We can't promise that. It would cost more. 
Well, all right, Bucket Hats. Bonsoir. Bonsoir. We love you. We hate Emily. We hate Emily. Bye. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? Voulez-vous coucher avec moi?